Hello everybody, sceptical scholars. It is Thursday the 29th of February, just after 6.30 in the morning here on the Eastern Seaport of Australia in this leap year of 2024. And uh, I've got a long thing to do. The reason I'm doing it is because I'd like to pay credit to two people. First of all, Professor Leroy Halsey, and second of all, Jimmy Dore. For Dore chose to revisit a very, very important academic publication from March 2020. And it concerns Building 7 in the World Trade Center complex and its destruction on the day of 9-11, in the afternoon at uh, about 20 past five, something like that. So, what you see in front of you is the title page to the academic paper, which Halsey worked on with two students. Actually, students is the wrong phrase there. <laughs> They're postgrads. And if you look, uh, one of them, uh, is a post postdoc, uh, has his PhD, that's um, Zili Guan, and the other is an associate professor at Nanjing University, Feng Zhao. And why it is that they were working with him on this project becomes apparent in the interview which Dor holds with Halsey. And I learned a few new things whilst listening to this interview. Uh, I have done considerable research on 9-11, so I'm always interested in finding out more information and understanding the position that Halsey is at now, four years after publishing, almost four years after publishing this paper, was of interest to me. So, let's... Uh, first of all, before we continue, so what's going to happen is I'm going to play parts of the interview and I'm going to pause it at points and add elements to what's being discussed that I understand because of the research I've done and I'm not a comedian, I'm a scientist and I have a different understanding. Some more, I've done perhaps more research than Dor does or perhaps I just look at things in another way. So I can add some points to or emphasize elements of what's being said I'm going to do that, and that's going to break the interview that he's done. So I highly recommend that what you do is you download the hour-long interview that Dor does with Halsey on his show and listen to the whole thing all the way through, and then come back here and listen again, and I'll intercut some pieces. So <laughs> let's move on. We begin with Dor's introduction if you know but building seven was the third building that fell on 9-11 so there was the twin towers that they say two planes brought them down and there was another building that a plane didn't hit but it fell into its own footprint let me show you how it happened so for the third time today and watch this it's reminiscent of those pictures we've all seen too much on television before when a building was deliberately destroyed by well-placed dynamite to knock it down the point here is that door sets this up very well he he's put together a, a sequence of 
material, which is really good. This is Dan Rather on the day, live, reporting what he's seeing. So credit to Dor for setting up the introduction. It's very well put together. And there it is. And that, that's Dan Rather, literally, as it's, as it's coming down, falling into its own footprint, he goes, well, those buildings look like they... Like when we see a building demolished on television, like it's coming down. I wonder why it looked like that. You know why? Because it was. Wait, okay. Charlie Sheen, hey, when guys. he said looks to me, they were, he was the same as Dan Rather, Charlie Sheen said that? Yes. <laughs> Did they actually use the word brought down? And who was that was telling you this? The fire department. The fire but department. This is and, a, and, um, there it is. The, these are all different angles. Bring, you see all the explosions? Down. Small intercut, that noise overhead, that's aeroplanes. I've deliberately recorded these at this time, so you get some, you know, context. Those are all, those are all different uh, angles of Building 7 coming down. Like There's uh, another one. Uh, uh, now, the interesting the thing, the here's another version, here's another uh, angle. Now, if you, think, if you think that building fell into its own footprint because a, a plane hit another building, I've got a vaccine I'd like to sell you. So, I just wanted to show you, this was predicted. That was So, BBC, 20 minutes before that building fell, the BBC did this. Now, this is the only video I could get about it. I'm going to apologize for these graphics being there. But the BBC predicted they, they were at, they were broadcasting in real time, and they said that Building 7 had already fallen. They called it the Solomon Building because it was owned by this guy Solomon. So let's watch this. And, of course, uh, I've found <laughs> this uh, clip because it's out there, and uh, it's a case of the Internet Hydra. This is a piece of data that is so important that there is nothing they can ever do to hide this. There are zillions of copies of, how, of this out there, and they can hide it. <laughs> like, if you go and search for this, you have to know what you're looking for. You go and search for this on YouTube, you'll find it. Of course, it's in the links below. But that'll probably disappear at some point too. Who no, knows? I think they give up in the end. But yeah, it's James Stanley on the BBC on the afternoon of 9-11. And the point of this is that 20 minutes before the building comes down, they declare that it has come down, which is to say they're predicting the demise of the building. Someone's told them that this thing has been demolished when it hasn't. That tells you that it was planned, right? Just connecting dots, right? Anyway, here's the actual footage live without the cinegraphics. Now, more on the latest building collapse in New York. You might have heard a few moments ago I was talking about the Salomon Brothers building collapsing, and indeed it has. Apparently that's only a few hundred yards away from where the World Trade Center towers were, and it seems that this was not a result of a new attack. It was because the uh, building had been weakened uh, during uh, this morning's attack. That's a key phrase, right? Weakened. They've already put this narrative in there. The building hasn't come down, and they're already telling you why it came down? Yeah, spot this, right? We'll probably find out more now about that from our correspondent, Jane Stanley. Jane, what more can you tell us about the Salomon Brothers building and its collapse? 
Well, only really what you already know. Details are very, very sketchy. There's almost a sense downtown in uh, New York behind me, down by the World Trade Centers, of uh, just an area completely closed off as the rescue workers try to do their job. But this isn't the first building that um, has suffered as a result. We know that part of the Marriott Hotel next to the World Trade Center also collapsed as a result of this huge amount of falling debris from 110 floors of two, the two twin towers of the World Trade Center. As you can see behind me, the uh, Trade Center appears to be still burning. We see... That is WTC7. These huge clouds of smoke and ash, and we know that behind that, there's an empty piece of what was a very familiar New York skyline, a symbol of the financial prosperity of this city, but uh, completely disappeared now, and New York is still unable to take on board what has happened to them today. Presumably there were very few people in the Solomon building when it collapsed. I mean, there were, I suppose, fears of possible further collapses around the area. That's what you would hope, because this whole downtown area behind me has been completely sealed off and evacuated, apart from the emergency workers. That was done by the mayor, Rudy Giuliani, uh, much earlier today, uh, because of, the course, the dreadful collapse of the Twin Towers of the world. Again, the use of the term collapse. Trade Centre. But uh, New York very much a city still in chaos. The phones are not working properly. The subway lines are not working properly. And we know that down there near the World Trade Centre there are three schools that um, are being turned into triage centres for emergency treatment. And I know that over in New York Harbour where the famous Statue of Liberty is there's a... Anyway, so it goes on a little longer. Let's just find out. Where are we up to? Yes, for quite some period. We don't need to hear the rest of that. So let's cut to after that uh, with Mr. Dor. So that was the BBC and on, in real time on television telling you that the Building 7 had already fallen when it hadn't fallen yet. They didn't know what it was. So, they didn't know what it was because they're from England, right? So, right. So watch this. So now... This was a. This is from Alaska. This is a news report debunking that. What's well, been a point of? And this is not terribly interesting, so I'll skip it. As I said, please check it out yourself. Um, where have I got the post section of this? Well, it's been a point of controversy now for more than a decade. A researcher now from the University of Alaska Fairbanks is weighing in. World Trade Center Building 7 was not struck by a plane, but did collapse hours after the Twin Towers. Well, now, the Dr. Leroy Halsey, a civil engineering professor at UAF, he led a four-year study which reevaluates whether Building 7's collapse could have been caused by fire, as was determined by the National Institute for Standards and Technology in 2000. That's a key point that they're making there, which is that the official investigation into 9-11, they didn't want to look at Building 7, it wasn't in the first of the commission report and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> they omitted it. What? A whole building? Yeah. Uh, and so with pressure, they finally had to have a look at it and they flung it off to NIST to do the investigation. And NIST's conclusion was that it was fire that brought down this 47-storey high steel skyscraper which had never happened before and has never happened since. <laughs> there's, you know, there's challenges there. 
so that's the key point that's being made in this uh, news footage which Dora's dug up, which highlights the work that Halsey has done, and Halsey is who he's about to interview. Hey, Halsey says his findings were a resounding no. This is a video of the collapse as it was modelled by NIST, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, who did the government report into the destruction of World Trade Center 7. And his simulations paint a different picture than the federal agencies. So we virtually simulated the building, um, and then and we looked at that analysis, and we also virtually uh, simulated what they did. We couldn't get it to do what they were at. They... That's the point. We couldn't get it to do. And I'll come back to this because this is an area where I can add a little to that which uh, Jimmy Dore uh, adds. They did. A group called Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth paid for the study. The organization is petitioning Congress to call for a new investigation into the World Trade Center destruction. A spokesperson for the organization says one of its supporters approached Dr. Halsey about the research partly because of UAF's reputation. When we started talking to Dr. Halsey, it became very clear that, um, you know, the engineering program at University of Alaska Fairbanks was very strong. Uh, and Dr. Halsey was the chair of the department, and he had a lot of experience in modeling structures and doing forensic investigations. And so we thought it was a perfect opportunity for us to move forward. The study is now open for a two-month public comment. So how bad is the a job has the establishment been doing? There's, they've done so bad that even normies are looking into what really happened with Building 7. Every major narrative of the United States government is collapsing, like Building 7. And let me bring on uh, Dr. Leroy Halsey. He's a professor emeritus of structural engineering at the University of Alaska Fairbanks who has investigated the failure of the World Trade 7 building, Center Trade uh, 7 building, the third building to collapse on September 11, 2001. A recent study from Dr. Halsey and his colleagues from the University of Alaska Fairbanks challenges the official explanation for World Trade Center 7's collapse. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. So now, let me, so you have impeccable reputation. Uh, they get the... Dorr mentions this again and again, this impeccable reputation, and this is true. What I would like to highlight as we come, go along is the incredibly strict approach which Halsey took to the study. It is sort of the equivalent of double-blind, bulletproof. I mean, it's as clean as you could ever do it. I mean, it's so he's brought to the study his understanding about how it is that this can be done in the cleanest possible way, as in pure science, as he would call it, right, as you'll see. And I'll, I'll, I can expand a little on that as, uh, as we continue. The, the people who are interested in this came to you. Were you. Did you have your own, just watching it on 9-11, did you have any doubt that it was happening the way that the establishment news was telling us it was happening? To be honest with you, I didn't even know if Building 7 had collapsed. Oh, really? Really. Okay. I did not know that. You know, and particularly when they start, start telling me about this building, I said, you know, uh, I don't think I'm going to do this. So then they came back to me again, and I said, I don't think I'm going to do this. 
right? <laughs> he look, he looks at this and he goes, "I know this is a this this is a trap." <laughs> like Admiral Akbar, it's a trap. He knows the danger straight up. <laughs> Twice he says, "No." Nah. And then at, on the third time, I said, "Okay, I'll put together a proposal." I decided, okay, I'm old enough that if they take me out, it's no big deal. <laughs> That's the key point. And this is one of the reasons why it is that retired politicians, retired diplomats, retired, 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 these people are finally able to say things uh, which may well not be appreciated by <laughs> the powers that be, as they say, because they... Their family, their income stream, their families are no longer at risk. They, they uh, have sufficient support amongst uh, various communities and their financial situation is secure. So that's one of the reasons why these people I find to be uh, wonderful sources, because they tend to speak their mind. <laughs> so anyway, I said, OK, and I put together a proposal and and they accepted that proposal to do the work through the University of Alaska Fairbanks as a research project. That's interesting in itself, that the University of Fairbanks, Alaska, accepted the proposal to do this work. So credit to University of Fairbanks, Alaska, for accepting the proposal. So through that process, and I uh, went uh, and, and I, I got it funded, then I looked at the normal way of doing things and looking for students to work with me. And I had a lot of undergraduate students that really, really were excited about it. But when they took it to their families, they decided they'd better not. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knew where this was going. Very dangerous. <laughs> not a good plan. And so... They were a little worried. So then I ended up with two PhD students, both from China. And they worked with me. And, and they both are now teaching it in China. I can add a little here because whilst I was working in uh, Europe at a university, we had the same thing. We, we set up the university, set up or the department, set up a program with a number of universities in China. And we were exchanging PhD students working on different research projects. And that was... A, pain in the ass for me actually because as the head of IT I had this problem which was known in the day as uh, uh, BYOD, bring your own device, which means you've got devices uh, inside your network that you have no control over and so that's a security risk. <laughs> There's all this hassle with that but it was wonderful in terms of the uh, collaborations uh, established uh, across the departments enabling uh, different sorts of research because different sorts of funding was available. The Chinese were interested in researching certain topics, some of which overlapped with that which our department was, and that enabled this research to be done. So, so, so go, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. So I just want so so here is Building Seven, and it's as they said on the BBC, it's a few hundred yards away from the World Trade Center 1 and World Trade Center 2. So the idea that somehow uh, an explosion happening over here a few hundred yards away would somehow make that building fall into its own footprint is suspect, to say the least. Now, is there anything you want to say about this slide before I go to the next one? Well, I wanted to, I wanted to first of all, share with people exactly where Building 7 was 
with respect to WTC1 and WTC2. And this picture illustrates it in, in, a, in, a, in a, not necessarily in a dimensional sort of way, but a visual sort of way, to give a person an understanding of, of look at this building, it's only 47 stories tall. And that's tall, quite frankly. Two million square feet per floor. Wow, that's a big building. A big building. So in, in reality, uh, what I told the uh, AE911 Truth, who was funding this, I said, I'll, I'll do the investigation, but I will not promise that I'll tell you what caused it. I will tell you what didn't cause it. Oh, okay. So the point there is that what he has taken on is not a root cause analysis, but a debunking of NIST, essentially, to, to look into whether it was that what NIST was saying happened, happened or not. Right? And the answer was no, <laughs> definitely not, um, conclusively not. Uh, and in terms of that um, positional uh, framing, there's a lovely picture at Wikipedia, <laughs> which shows you what's going on. So here we have the Twin Towers, WTC 1 and 2, and the other associated lower buildings, and there is WTC 7. And you'll hear him later on uh, talk about the fact that it's not a, a rectangle. So uh, where's a rectangle? There's no real rectangles here. Well, the, so this sort of shape, you know, rectangle. Um, it's not a rectangle, it's a trapezoid, which is essentially like a triangle, but you cut the bottom or top off the triangle and the base of the triangle is a trapezoid. So that's it. So this is a rhomboid, <laughs> that's a trapezoid, whatever. Okay. I did not want to... Uh, here, here's the bottom line. There was no way I was going to get involved in any politics. This was going to be pure science all the way. Okay. And every, every day that we did a study, I asked my students, I hope you didn't read anything about this because we're not... We're not going to be... In fact, we're not going to let anything that's being published affect the science that we're doing. It's an important point. Right? So these two uh, Chinese PhD students, graduates, were not to read anything about this. Blind study, essentially, from there. Right? We don't want any preconceived ideas about what happened to enter into the study. So it's a very good sort of uh, isolation uh, approach by Halsey. Makes sense, right? Okay. So next, should I move on to the next slide? Yes. So here it said, it says W, this is the World Trade Center, different elevation views. This is the 45th floor, the 19th, 16th, and 13th floor. And so what do, what do you want to tell people about this slide? Well, first of all, 45 is about where... There's another image of the, the plan view. There it is, plan view, right? So there's the, the trapezoid shape. Uh, we saw that there wasn't any uh, you'll see here later that they're talking about the penthouse uh -huh. which is on top of the building and, and, and it came down before the rest of the building and what we we spent a long long time trying to determine what was going on with that penthouse because it had so much uh, interaction for a lot of people as to what went on there and a lot of people thought it it was connected, I guess, to building to of column 40, 79, which was down below. He's referencing there column 49, and this is uh, from the NIST report, and their proposal is that column 49 fell off its seating, and this caused a progressive collapse. So 
you know, that thing fails and then the failure spreads out from there and the whole building comes down, right? So this is, this is the core of the NIST theory, column seven, uh, 79. In actuality, that penthouse collapsed before, which means that there, there was not any fire that impacted that penthouse. Again, fire is the explanation. So this is uh, the NIST thing. Right, fire happens, that heats up a beam, and the beam comes off its seating. That's column 79, and then everything else falls down, which is just bullshit. But anyway, I mean, that's not how engineers build these buildings, right? If one column get, gets knocked off, the whole building shouldn't come down. It should create a bit of a problem, but it shouldn't be a, the whole building comes down. Otherwise, it's just shit engineering. Right? That's not how engineers do things. Anyway. Okay, so then one has to ask themselves what created that problem. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so, you're, so, so when you look at the video of Building 7 collapse, it collapses at the top first, not at yes. the bottom first. And Correct. you're saying there was no fire up on the 45th floor. No. Okay. So, you know, that, that opens up a whole series of questions, does it not? Yeah. You know, at the end of the beginning. So, so anyway, I'm done with this. I just wanted to show it also at 1916 and 13, or 50. What is it? 1916 16? and 13. Yeah. So we did a lot of work on floor 13 because this did. And, 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 and so then the question is, is where did, the, where did all this start to occur that we see in these videos? Okay, so now I can go on. I just, I'm trying okay. to give a, people a bit of an understanding. Right. There's a lot of people that ask, what was in that building? Well, this slide shows us by floor, floor by floor. So uh, on the top, it was mechanical floors that I guess the workings for the building. Then Solomon Smith Barney was on 28 to 25. Then there was Standard Chartered Bank. 22 yeah. was the Federal Home Loan Bank of New York. On the 21st was the First State Management Group. Um, from 19 to 21 was ITT Harvard, Hartford Insurance Group. On floor 19 was the National Association of Oopsy Rapsy Commission. I don't know what... The key points here are, it's the Office of Emergency Management, it's the CIA, it's uh, the FBI are in there somewhere, and then you've got um, uh, these, as you'll hear, these yellow uh, floors are where, are where the fires occurred. And uh, one of those is the Security and Exchange Commission, which is the federal watchdog over the... Uh, share markets. That, that's a securities valuation office. 18 was the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. Floors 14 through 17 were vacant, but on, on 11 through 13 was the Security and Exchange Commission and the Provident Financial Management. And then just below that was the U.S. Secret Service <laughs> and then the American Express Bank. And now what is the what is the significance of that that is highlighted here in yellow? What is highlighted is the Security and Exchange Commission and the Provident Financial Management. What, what is the significance of that? Because there was a fire there. Oh, that's where the fire was. So, so why not ask yourself, okay, if this is so important, how much paperwork is going to be laying around? So at the end of the day, we have to be confident that those that that those documents were locked up every day. If you if you if you put it on that question, just that question alone, the probability of a fire propagating and it didn't propagate very fast through that whole system. I mean, we're talking about hours here. 
have hardly any fire at all. So then the question is, is okay, what's going on there? So I highlighted just to pose a question of thought. So, <laughs> right. So the fires occur in the Security and Exchange Commission. Yeah, and that should be a very secure facility where fire should not occur because, you know, Security and Exchange Commission important documents, right? And that's where the fire occurs. And it doesn't spread around really quickly. It just sort of ambles along. And, uh, well, uh, doesn't that just sort of... Isn't that curious in itself? You'd think they would have sprinkler systems that would be really uh, tightly managed. It's a really important uh, top-secret kind of stuff. And they wouldn't allow it to just be susceptible to a fire. No. Is what you're no, saying. They no, they wouldn't. And even if it was a fire, if it was the other condition, and they did, the fire indications that are that they uh, they didn't scatter around. So what what's, what what's the, uh, I guess, the conditions for the, uh, uh, what, what am I trying to say? I, I'm, I'm concerned about, what was the fuel for keeping the fire burning? So you're saying, yeah, what was... He's, he's, what he's trying to not say is, someone put fuel around and lit this damn fire, is the conclusion he's trying not to state. They say office furniture. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> it was all blue spruce. <laughs> okay, should I go to the next slide? Oh yeah, of course, you bet. So this is from your study, and this is the, uh, this is I guess a, a mock-up of the building of this building. This is the actual building, and, and this is your mock-up. Yeah, I, and looking at it, mock-up is uh, not a, a terribly useful term there. What Halsey and his researchers did was establish two finite element models it's a specific term and as he mentions earlier they model the building from its engineering drawings right so every single steel column and how that those columns were connected exactly in two independent uh, expensive uh, and capable uh, model modeling systems that use physics as how shit works right this is not there's not some sort of, you know, bits of pencil and paper here and there. No, this is a serious piece of work to reconstruct an entire building from its engineering drawings, modelling every single joint as a finite element model. There are thousands of steel columns in this building, and girders in the building. They did this twice in two completely different um, finite element modelling systems and <laughs> investigated what happened, what you could do to the building. Once you set the model up, then you can do things like, what happens if we take out that column? Or what happens if we heat that column up? All these things you can do. And this is what they did. And that's why it took them four years to do this, because there's an awful lot of work in doing that. So when he says mock-up, think, two completely independent finite element models that model the physics of the steel connections of the entire building. Earlier today, I was thinking, you know, I should have made it the same width in terms of... The people talking, uh, looking at it. Right. But basically, this is this is the structure, and it's uh, broken down by two different computer programs to simulate precisely the erection of that building. And so, what to simulate precisely the erection of that building? 
That's what he's, what he's saying there, is it's based upon the construction engineering diagrams. When we look at this for a moment here, we're going to see that it begins to collapse. And we're going to compare my work against the actual footage that occurred that day. Okay, so let's watch that. So here's what actually happened. Well, you can see the penthouse collapsed first. Which Absolutely, on both. Which doesn't make any sense, but here we go. I want to emphasize here that what you're seeing is not some pretty piece of um, graphic um, work. This is the output of a very complicated <laughs> finite element model, which is modeling the engineering of the entire building. Right? This, right? So this is not some you know, nice little pretty bit of drawing. This is the output of a very complicated model in a very powerful two very powerful pieces of software to, which are modeling the physics of the building. Okay, so do you want to say anything about that? I just wanted to put this out here for this discussion to, to let people under, see uh, how well we were able to compare our work in relation to what happened that day. The point of that he's not saying there, he's getting, how well our work what they did was to set up the model in the two software programs of the building and then they went and they they applied to the two models that which NIST said happened and that produced nothing nothing happened so then they went oh okay well what do we have to do to make this model do what we saw, what, what was filmed. And that which they don't get to in the program is that what they had to do was actually take out eight floors underneath, lower down. That was the way they got this to work. Um, and no doubt some other elements too. Uh, so essentially what, the, what you're seeing in that collapse is all of the things they had to do to these, these finite element models which are using physics to understand the, you know, to reinforce, to uh, simulate the actual structure of the building. They had to do all this shit to it to finally get it to do exactly what people saw. And that is how they have an understanding of what actually happened. They didn't really focus on that too much. They did exactly what Holsey was said they would do, which was they proved, the study essentially just proves that fire didn't cause this. Like, without a doubt, there's no two ways about it. And then they went, all right, let's see if we can get it to do what actually we saw. And they go, oh, okay, you know, we had to take out eight floors and also bits and other pieces and da 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 So. Okay. So next slide. Yes. Okay. So now uh, here's another mock-up. Uh, this, this... this is the NIST version, which looks nothing like what actually happened, which tells you something. And in a bit. Halsey will inform you as to why the NIST model is just so terrible. The National Institute for, for what? National Institute of Standards and Technology. So yes. this, this is their simulation we're going to show now. Is that it? That is correct against this actual footage on our left. Okay, let's watch. So this is the, how it actually fell down, and here's what they said happened. Well, that's not what happened at all. So this is what they're saying happened, and we can see that's not what happened. Correct. 
The other point that's not mentioned there is that the NIST model stops at that point, and that is because the NIST investigation was framed awfully, and it, it starts with the idea of, you know, we'll only look at this up to the point of imminent collapse, and then we just then we don't look any further. And that's why it stops there, <laughs> the NIST model. That's when they go, oh, shit, stop, stop the clock. <laughs> right, we don't want to see any more. It's obviously going to you know, be destroyed at this point, and so we don't look at it any further. And, of course, uh, if you can see where that's going to go. It's, it's, first of all, it's nothing like what's happening on the left. But then, like, not just in time, but structurally it looks wrong. Anyway. So they, so just like the, I don't, uh, the vaccine came, of, you know, from a pangolin, uh, I mean, the, the, the virus, and then they got printed in Nature magazine, this is a con job. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff has turned out to be a con job just across the board in academia, like psychology, big yeah. one turned out to be a big scam. So Most people in faking stuff for a while. So this, so this looks like, so this doesn't have any resemblance to what we just saw, correct? No, it doesn't. Okay. And, 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 more, than, and more important than that, NIST basically is in position to make sure that when we put up buildings, that they, we have a code that protects the public. My profession is to ensure that when we design something, it's going to be there and it's going to stay and not hurt anybody. This, this is a remarkable, I mean, when the code doesn't get changed and you're saying it, all this stuff is happening, it just makes no sense. The point he's making is that if the building was destroyed in the manner which NIST said it had been, i.e. fire and then one column gets pushed off its seat and the entire building collapses like this, then the first thing that should have happened is that the building codes were modified to make sure that this never happened again. And they weren't. This is the dichotomy that Halsey is highlighting. So you're saying that a, a fire made this building collapse like this and they didn't change the code afterwards? No, not in regards to the safety or any of that kind of stuff. If they're going to say it, there's got to be a change right. to, mo- to improve it. But there's never been another steel building in the world that has come down because of fire. N- never. Is that right? Especially in its own footprint. So yeah. here's a... I'd like to highlight that point because it, when a lot of this research was going on well, over the years, there have been plenty of pictures, and this was a lot of this done by uh, architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth, of pictures of buildings like absolutely engulfed in flame across like 50 floors of just raging inferno, and it goes on for a day or whatever it is, and in the end you look at this steel frame structure that's still sitting there because... Fire does not melt steel. It's to do with melting point temperatures. Fires is basically like kerosene. It's like whatever. It's just, it burns at three, four hundred degrees Celsius, whatever. Maybe a little hotter, four fifty, something like that. Steel doesn't melt till two thousand and something degrees Celsius. It's it just doesn't happen. That's why it's never happened <laughs> because there's physics, right? melting point of steel. Yeah, steel sags and it gets weaker and whatever, but. That's the point of the engineering design is with, you know, factors of, of, of safety involved. So that, yeah, things get weakly and wobbly and whatever, but they don't fall over. They, they don't melt. It doesn't fall down. <laughs> because physics. <laughs> and if it did, they would have to change the building codes because it's not safe. <laughs>
here's the next, and this is, um, so this is still the NSIS. Uh, this is where Halsey points out how upped up <laughs> the NIST model is. NIST? Is to do with this red line. Yeah, and what I want to say about that is that they simulated to the right of this picture on my left, uh, basically the, the connections of the columns to the beams. But they didn't on the left. So there's a difference. So you're saying here they connected to the columns to the beams, but they didn't here? No, they made an assumption. Okay. What's called pinned or fixed. And so that's between the two. And you'll see on this picture when it's coming down, that that line represents the two differences. Okay. Which doesn't represent the building. Bang. The NIST model does not represent the building. So the area that's collapsing on the left, they've used a, a, a weaker model. They've actually just sort of disregarded the way in which the, uh, the beams and girders were connected in order to get this crazy collapse. Let's watch. Okay. So if you want to talk about fabrications in science, talk about NIST, not Halsey. So this is your study, and here's the actual footage. Let's watch. So now what does that show us? It shows it's coming down in its own footprint. It's showing it's coming down in free fall. This is a very, 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 very important point. And it was, as we'll find out in a moment, modeled by a physics teacher, high school physics teacher, by the name of David Chandler. And it was his work that convinced me that there was something seriously wrong with all the official explanations. It is based upon Newtonian physics, <laughs> the work of Sir Isaac Newton back in 1680-whatever. It's, yeah, so we'll continue. It's showing that there is something that enables it to come down evenly, in other words, through, through its own gravity. Right. Drop, okay? Through its own resistance, there's a structure underneath it that wants to stop it from falling down. That's the purpose of the structure, and all of a sudden, None of it's there to stop it. <laughs> it's falling at free fall speed. There is nothing underneath it which is stopping it from falling. It can fall into its own footprint. Correct. And mine simulates the same thing to within, you know, I, I didn't... And the way they do that is by removing eight floors. Just universally, voomph, they take out eight floors in the model and then press the start button and there they are, okay. Drop it all the way down, but I... Right. But anyway, it represents <coughs> what we're talking about. And so, should I go next slide? Hell yeah. Okay, so here's, this is your study, and this is the actual footage. And this is the video that David Chandler worked off. And what he did was quite clever. He, he found from the engineering drawings the height of the windows, and he used that to calibrate the, um, the footage. So that he had distances, and then, you know, he measured the roof line frame by frame by frame, and... Uh, then came up with uh, uh, the speed and then the derivative of that, the acceleration of the building, and then he looked, compared that to the you know, acceleration uh, of gravity in uh, New York, and he went, ah, oh, it's out by like 0.1% or something, which is to say this thing is falling at free fall speed. Before we jump, look at the upper left of that. See that? Right that here? That was the penthouse coming down. 
So that's so, so this is what actually happened. Through the 45th floor. That's why I had that 45 in there. Okay. That's way above 80 reported fires. And so, so that, this is a key point he's making here. There were no fires up there. There's nothing. There's no fires at all up there. Like, why the hell is the, ben, the, the penthouse falling in when there's no fires anywhere near it? It wasn't a fire. It wasn't a fire. It doesn't make any sense. No. And so, and then it just falls straight down. Right. Now, I probably ought to tell you something about the building. If we look down on top of it, that building is not a rectangle. It's got basically a trapezoidal kind of shape. And I don't know if I put a picture in there to, to discuss that for a moment or not, but uh, I, I think I may have. Let, let's go on. If not, is it it's an important thing. Yep. Okay. Let's... There we go again. Same idea. Yep. It sounds like you're looking at your graph. There's been another study by a uh, physicist who also has done an evaluation of free fall. And this is David Chandler. I'll dig it up and stick it in the show notes below. And my calculations fall right on top of his, his verification of and so how there, it dropped. So the fact that it fell at free fall speed is significant because that means that there... It, it, there was absolutely no resistance in the in, in the building structure and no steel beams, which doesn't make any sense, correct, that there wouldn't be any resistance because the whole building wasn't on fire. There was just a part of the building. So that part would get weakened, but not the part below it and certainly not the part up in the penthouse. So that for, for that to fall in free fall doesn't make any sense, correct? Correct. And so why do you think the NIST said that it, that it did make sense? Well, I'm not going to go there. Okay. Because, All right. <laughs> okay. You know, it, because uh, All you can say is it didn't. Like, why did they say that? Why did they say it? that? Right. Okay, so want to go to the next slide? Here's this sure. one. Sure. Yep. So this is the study for progressive collapse. So I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, now, now I'm, go ahead. one of the findings that I came up with, I said, we spent a year playing around with this whole idea of did this piece break? Did that piece break? Did this piece uh have problems in the other piece, which would have pre developed what's called a progressive collapse. We determined without a doubt that that did not happen. Here he's referring to the work they did around, they began with NIST's uh, assertion, all about you know, column 79 and coming off its foot and so forth, and they went, all right, well, if it wasn't that, let's try and nudge other things around. Like they really went around and just trying to you know, jiggle the whole damn building. Um, in individual components failing and so forth. And they couldn't get anything to fall over in the way that the building went straight down. It's just, you can't do it. They really put a lot of effort into trying, you know, little jiggering, pokering. What he's talking about is a progressive collapse, right? So you, you take out a few pieces and then see if you can get the whole thing to come down. And they really put a lot of effort into trying to do this. You couldn't make it happen with a proper model of the building. Two proper models of the building. A global collapse happened. So every a global collapse happened. That's the. It's not a progressive collapse. It's a global collapse. And this, I presume, is a very specific term in terms of structural engineering. I think we can understand what it means. It's a uni universal collapse, like the whole damn thing goes at once. Thing that you looked at so far, 
was a global collapse. Came straight down, the whole structure. Yeah. <coughs> Which has never happened before or since in a steel building. No, uh, has correct. never ever happened, but it happened three times three times on September eleventh, two thousand one. To one building that what wasn't a, hit by a plane at all. To one building that wasn't even hit by a plane. What a kawinky dink, huh? So I probably need to tell you something that really has bothered me lately. Uh, is that, if that's okay with you. Sure, you think I should dye my hair? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, it's good to have comedians, right? They help lighten the mood. <laughs> no, I, I, re I just, so about uh, two years ago, I, I was contacted by email by a firefighter out of New York who was there that day. And he said, is it okay to contact you? And I said, here's my telephone number, call me. And so we spent about two hours on the phone and I learned an awful lot about what happened that day because he was in the building but for, for quite a while. And he brought something forth that I have dealt with for some time now. And I don't know the answer to the question, but I sure would like to know. And that had nothing to do with what I did, but it had everything to do with what happened that day. So he was there in, in that building, and I don't remember which floor he was at that it, when he was telling me the story. So the fireman was in WTC7 on some floor. But there was a, a gentleman in there that was measuring the amount of movement of the building every few minutes. What? Someone's measuring the movement of the building every few minutes. And I'm, I'm saying, is that a, was that an engineer? Was that a structural engineer? Or who, who was it? I, to this day, I still don't know who was doing it. It might have been a firefighter, but it's not a typical kind of thing that I would visualize a firefighter to do unless it's large structural systems on the outside of the building and they're, they're worrying about it falling off and hitting people below. I don't know. But anyway, fire marshal came up and said, this building's coming down shortly. Everybody out of here. So he's relating that the fireman that he was speaking with is telling Halsey that a fire marshal came up to him, the fireman, and said the building's coming down. So that's another case of pre-knowledge of the building's destruction. So we've got the BBC, Jane Stanley, and now we have this as well. There, there are other cases of this on the day too. Um, it's not just these two, there are multiple cases of warnings of the fact that the building is going to be brought down. And I, we want to be down on the, on the, on the corner of the corner where there's a, a restaurant. And they all met there and watched the building come down. How did they know? Well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Yeah. So I, I have been wanting to, for some time, have a have a meeting with the fire, everybody that feels comfortable to have a meeting from the firefighters, because you know they they went through so much. I mean, they had loved ones, they had friends, they had people that uh, have died already because of the the situation they were in. It's all kinds of issues, 
and I don't want to drag them through that, but I sure would love to be able to understand what they went through that day and the police force at a, at a, at a level that has not been brought out yet. And this would be an appropriate time to mention the late Graham McQueen, Canadian researcher who put in a huge amount of effort to looking through the work that was done by the New York Fire Department. They took testimony from their fire men and women who were involved uh, on the day in activities uh, in Manhattan and they recorded those and they were published. And McQueen went through these with a very fine tooth comb to try and understand this first-hand testimony of what happened on the day. And that was the basis for his then uh, continued work in understanding uh, 9-11. And so it seems a pity, or a little strange perhaps, that Halsey is not aware of this work that Grant McQueen did. But anyway, just a, if you're interested in these sorts of things and this first-hand testimony, which is extremely powerful, um, then the person to look up is the late Graham McQueen. I feel like the American people deserve it. And I don't want to drag them through anything they don't want to be drugged through. But at the same time, I sure would, if they would be happy to participate, I would be happy to help them participate. So I've seen videos of firemen saying that there were large explosions, um, not only in Building 7, but World Trade Center 1 and 2, that felt like they were coming from the basement, that it knocked them off their feet. Um, and so, you hear that, for sure. And so, so I know you didn't study. I, I, I had this thought uh, the other day as I was walking out of Burbank Airport, if the, when the planes hit World Trade Center 1 and... I don't have an awful lot more to add from here. So I'd like to conclude by essentially reissuing what I said at the beginning, which is absolute credit to, to Dor for revisiting this very important paper published by Halsey and his two researchers. And uh, I'm thankful that Halsey accepted the invitation to be interviewed on the program and, and present some aspects of the research that he did. I hope you found this little screencast interesting. Bye-bye.